You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. <laughs> so, Sid Talk, I will start. You will not We're start. We're not in the right position, though. Now you can start. <laughs> um, so, what was Hellraiser like? The end of Hellraiser, the last episode. The end? It wasn't just the last one. I hadn't seen. Um, You've not seen the last two. I see two, them probably. as a clump, one big movie franchise world idea, and getting through. I'm really glad I watched them. Hellraiser, we're talking about. Hellraiser, I enjoy it with featuring Pinhead. You know the guy. See, that's the thing. My whole adulthood. Because the first one was 85. Never watched any of them. But the only image I've ever had of the entire series, I have no idea what it was about. Nothing. It was just probably the poster or a picture or a glimpse of Pinhead. That's it. Holding the box, probably. Nope. No even concept of the box or anything. Nothing. Just kept it a clean slate, pretty much. So, watching them all over the course of about a week, ten days, I'm really glad I did. It's, we're not talking about high quality here. Like, on any level. Some levels of ideas, maybe. But it's almost like you take some film uh, director, writer, cast, and say, okay, you guys are probably pretty amateur and not high quality. Here's Hellraiser. Make make a new version of it. That last um, Hellraiser you was watching, I walked through a couple of times while you was watching it. That didn't look like high quality at all. No. It, was it really wasn't. Low quality. But inside each of them, there is not a chicken nugget, but a, a nugget of quality. Like the original idea, kind of. Not just that. No, I mean, other things. Like in this, in the latest one, there's like the young dude who, if you watch and watch them, you understand. What's the last one called? Um, Apocalypse? I don't, I don't remember. Extinction? Or? I don't remember any of them. Oh, wait. Um... <laughs> Revelation, Revelations, which Resident doesn't Evil. go with the movie at all, right. just so you know. But um, in that one, there's the concept sort of a modern, because it's 2011, so the modern take on a young dude playing this sort of psychotic, devil-may-care, if you will, um, really horrible with the, you know, there's a sister and a mother involved and the father, and he's he's being the bad guy, but... It's hard to describe, but in that in those moments, I was like, "There, that guy and that idea is really good." Unfortunately, in the last one, they changed. Now, I never thought, and I'm not a per- I'm not a loyalist, really, necessarily. Um, but the same guy, Douglas Bradley, had been pinhead through all of them until the last one, and then they got it. Not only did they just not get somebody who might sort of resemble Douglas Bradley, so that you could at least be eased into it. No, this guy, it's almost like they made a whole fake head that's completely different. And it doesn't it doesn't look right, he doesn't sound right. I mean I, I'm not that person, but I'd watched them all so close together. I wonder why he didn't do it. My theme my he did all of them. My threat I don't know. My the thing that held them all together and made them all one big thing to me was when's he gonna be here? And he's the one thing that goes all the way through. But Overall, my least favorite, if I'm scaling them, would be that one, the last one, and then 
The one with the cop guy. I think it was number five. The one your friend said made him want to punch somebody in the throat. I didn't want to punch anybody in the throat. But it was a departure. And then they try a couple of them there. The, the, the third to last and the penultimate one were... Like trying to explore even deeper the idea of the people who end up in hell are then tormented with this sort of loop of like memories and then a horrible thing happening and then it loops again and they're trapped in this like all the bad shit they've ever done comes back to haunt them but sneaks up on them like they don't even know they're in a dream or, or in hell it's like a dream or and then it's they're stuck in it forever and ever because they've been such a shitty person so i like that idea too but i say if you and i'm not a huge horror person like i wouldn't say i'm a horror fan but i really like horror movies so then not, you are a horror fan. Well, no, I'm not a... No, you know what a horror fan I mean, you I don't mean. seek them out, do you? No, and you know what I mean by a horror fan. You know people you who, just lap everything up. Yes, and yeah. they, you know, they, they judge all other movies based on the horror genre, and, you know, they kind of live it a little bit. I just find this series, and I'm not comparing it to Bond, I'm just saying that if you have a series that runs over the course of 20 to 30 years, like this one has, right? It's almost... 1985, it's almost 30 years... Bond's 50 years. Yeah, and what you watch, you see happening is technology changes, ideas change, culture changes, the role of a woman from 1985 to the role of the women in 2011. There are some similarities. There's always the screamy, nervous woman who needs to be rescued, and yet there's less and less of that and more of the, I don't know, there's the vamps, and then there's the kick-ass people, and then there's, I don't know, it's a mishmash of all kinds of things. I like the way it's gone, and I actually look forward to the next one. I just wish to, maybe Douglas Bradley got too old. Is there a next one? Or did he die? I don't know. I would look forward to another one, but I would like Douglas Bradley or give me a give me a movie where inside of it, don't make it the whole objective of the movie, but inside of the movie that somehow the torch is passed or the pins are passed at least, and then I'm okay with it. I'd say the way things are going nowadays, you're more likely to get a reboot where they redo it for the new people. Let's not all... call it a reboot, but I think that that might be, because I thought some, something about it. I could see that happening, because they've been doing that systematically with all our favorite horror films. But the thing is, you don't really need to with this one, because it already has evolved enough but this last one did take some elements of that first one, which I was looking forward to. That was a good thing. That you've been drug into hell, and then wherever you got drug into hell, like on a bed or on in a hotel, that if someone spills blood on that spot, that that's what brings you back up out of hell, and then you have to find some skin to wear. Like somebody's skin. Pieces or whole, it doesn't matter. That idea I like. I think it's just one of those creepy as heck ideas, and... Creepy as heck. That's sure heck fire creepy. <laughs> so, uh, so that's my. I say watch it if you like a little bit of guts glory. Pretty average though, right? Um, Overall, quality is average, but there are some very uncomfortable things here and there. So be prepared. There's there's some dead babies, unfortunately, and some not like dolls that come to life, kind of weirdness, not really come to life. And then there's severed heads, and there's uncomfortableness with siblings and. Maybe even a father-daughter situation, so... <laughs> I don't know who to recommend it to. <laughs> so, Halloween's been and gone. If you're my age... Next year, watch if it. If you're my How age, which will be 46 next week. Thank you very much. 
and you've never seen them before and you've got an open mind, watch them, but don't watch them. Even I have no interest in, like, generally me, me, sequels to horror movies. The instant it starts getting kind of shitty. It started out shitty. No. This one did. No, not for me because I really liked Hellraiser when I saw it. You but were like I, but a kid. I, yeah, but it doesn't mean I didn't like it. I liked it, right? So, the instant they start to get shitty, and I'm talking like Friday the Thirteenth movies. I've never seen beyond number two or three. That doesn't mean they're shitty. I don't mean that. I mean the me to me, the instant I'm like, I could don't need any more of this anymore. Like, the first two were good enough. Nightmare on Elm Street's the same thing. It gets to a point where... Yeah, but something happens to me, for this one in particular, maybe because I didn't have the nostalgia of the first one. And I just started and, like, watched them all through. It almost became like watching a full series of a television show. I want to see what happens. I want to know what ideas they come up with. And I'm waiting for Pinhead to show up. There's lots of these horrors that, that go on for, like, seven, eight movies. Saw, Final Destination movies. I just never really... Those are different. ...care after a while. Those don't have a, th- a person or a thing that can sort Saw of... Saw does. Has a thing? There's not one person in Saw. Except for that guy. Yeah, the Jigsaw killer. He's he's the thread throughout all of True. them. True. So yeah, you could watch that all in a row and it'd feel like a um, series of... Like Hellraiser. But Final Destination... Prob- well, it's just... Death. Final Destination is just... Here's an idea, we'll do it. And then we'll do it again with some other kids. And then we'll do it again with some other kids. I didn't mind Final Destination, the first two. Yeah, I don't even think I saw it. Any this five now, I think, or six. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. It's Saturday, November the second, two thousand and thirteen. Happy Halloween! It's already gone. Correct. (laughs) Um, We did have some kids come for with some stuff. And what did you insist upon this year? I don't know. You do know what? What did you say? You're not giving them candy, are you? True. So. And we didn't last year either. Nope. Um. They, they have bags full of candy, so I think it's fun. Yeah, but you don't understand Halloween. You've not been a Halloween trick-or-treater, so yeah. you have no idea. You look at it from a grown man's A friend said, uh, the, oh, you're those kind of people, are you? <laughs> Yes. So I would, they would go, if it was him, and we'd have done that, he'd have gone home and go, hate those people. Yep. Because they gave me crap. They got pencils, crayons, colored pencils, pads of paper, little drawing and the, pads. And, and let me say, the kids who come here, the little kids generally, like little Pretty much, kids, I had two teenagers. Who I, I think, think would be fine with... Oh, yeah. They'd have a ton of candy and then they go, oh, there's some pencils in it. One little girl just followed her, she was little, little, maybe about four, and she just followed, because I put them in little Halloween bags and tied them up, but you could see through one side, and you could see the side of the little drawing pad, and then you could see a pencil. I put the colorful erasers on the ends of all of them, and her eyes were just like... Yeah, like it's and something she just different. Followed it all the way into her bag, and then she's just <laughs> staring into there the whole time, all the way walking off the porch. It was really funny. All right, so it is uh, after the show number two hundred and ninety nine, and the movie we're looking at this week is After Earth. This is a two thousand and thirteen movie released on Blu Ray at the beginning of October. You can get it now. It's from our friends at Sony. It's a PG thirteen, and Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis of the movie After Earth. Um. It is after Earth has, a thousand years after Earth has become uninhabitable. And we've gone to another place, Terra Nova or something like that. Yeah, similar Forget to the that. name. Nova Prime. Nova Prime. And while we're there and we've... Another planet. We've made camp, basically. Yeah. I think it's an Earth. I mean, I think it's a moon to another thing. It's a pretty small 
Yep. Compared to the neighboring planet. But um, while we're there, whoever owns that place doesn't like it, so they... This is me filling in the gaps. They genetically <laughs> create this creature that hunts down human fear pheromones. Because they know that we are f- and fearful. that's it, really. Then um, our Major General guy, Mr. Will Smith, is the only human, apparently. Maybe not the only one. But it's legendary that he is not afraid of anything. So he can ghost around them. They cannot find him because they're blind, so they can't see you. They only sense your fear for Then he's going on a mission. Something very bad happens. And we end up, surprisingly, back on Earth a thousand years after humans have left. Which is a fantastic idea. I want to see it. As we progress through, I will talk about my either excitement or disappointment. All right, so After Earth, it's the uh, latest movie from M. Night Shyamalan, and it's uh, co-written by Gary Witter. If you, I listen to the Tested podcast. I was going to say, no born of me, he's not. I listen to the Tested podcast. Um, it's a podcast online, and Gary Witter's part of it. And they just did like a 24-hour podcast recently for kids, for charity. So I've listened to him for 24 hours this week, talking. <laughs> So um, he's the co-writer of this movie, and he was also the writer of uh, The Book of Eli, which Very is good. a cool movie, too. Very good. Um, so this movie, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, After Earth, I don't really know much about it, to be honest, even though I'd heard Gary Witter talk about it, the writing process and everything. I didn't know what the story was. I just knew After Earth, and Will Smith was in it. And the other thing I knew, unfortunately, was people didn't really like it. Like it was negatively received by people. In fact, if you go to IMDb, it gets 4 out of 10. So, most people seem to not like it in some way. Now, I don't let that affect me ever. Like, if people don't like it, I make up my own mind about things, you know. Um, And this movie, I have a... It's an up and down, but overall, I kind of liked it. Um, For me... There's some bad points to it. I might point out the bad points first. The okay. bad points are... Let's leave it on a good note. I think you. Will Smith's son isn't the best actor all the time. Sometimes he's alright, sometimes he's not. I think that accent that Will Smith was doing was... What the, What was well, that? What the hell was that all about? Have we advanced it in a thousand years maybe? We've got... Our speech has changed slightly, but it was it was like almost like Jamaican and... English. English and American all mixed together. I was thinking maybe that was a concept. Like, maybe we'd sound different in a thousand years. But it was off-putting to but me. But the Scottish guy sounded Scottish. Yeah, and he sounded weird, though. Was I was he listening Scottish? To, I don't know what he was, I but he, he was. sounded weird. No, we've seen him in something else, and you told me he was Scottish. When he started talking, I was like, well, he's talking strange as well. So maybe <laughs> it is a thing that they... But they never kind of Because in a thousand that. years, because whatever number of people left Earth a thousand years ago, who knows what the combination was. Right. And imagine it, a thousand years in the future. What other negative? Not really much more negative, because I thought the special effects were really good. What I liked about it, actually, really liked about it, was how serious it actually was. Absolutely. I liked that tone. Right from the opening few seconds, which are really noisy, by the way, the opening few seconds, um, it establishes this very like bleak tone that, that there's no sense of humor about it it's it's 
you know, serious. Like, what is going on? It's it's not cheesy. Like, let's look at the camera and wink. None it of is that. not Men in Black. Right. There's or, no funniness at all. None. I yeah. love that. Too. There's just one line that was kind of funny to me, but even that was like a somber thing where he said, "My suit's come black." <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it, but I don't think it's. Um, yeah. And then when he said that sucks, yeah, <laughs> but it but it wasn't. It's not a cheeky. It's very serious tone, and it keeps that tone, and I really like that. Um, now the other thing is the construction of the movie, how it works, is um, spoilers. I'm not going to spoil the ending or anything, but spoilers to do with the plot. The construction of the movie is it's a father and son movie. The father's incapacitated and the son has to be the hero with the father... There's a spoiler, kind of. ...mentoring him through the movie, right? Um, You're kind of, that's kind of a spoiler, but... No, I just said that is a spoiler, but not the ending spoiler, right? True, true. So, um, the the way that works, I really liked. It's It's kind of convenient, though, a lot of the time. But... Like Oblivion, which we watched uh, just recently, another movie, you know, in a similar kind of tone, it felt, I felt like the desolation of the thing. Yep. And how vulnerable a human being is in the wilderness, like, as, and you know, it's not, it's Earth a thousand years later, and obviously there's no more people on it. But there's the animals that are a threat and stuff are just animals. Mm-hmm. Well, some they're, are they're bigger. Some than... are a bit bigger than you might <laughs> expect. But still, it's it's the same as you going through a jungle. You're in as much threat there. There was a snake that actually flew, wasn't there? Which was kind of cool. I think that's a real thing. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that shit. I don't mean I, flies. I hate snakes, and this snake kind of hovered. Yeah. Well, it glides down. I do yeah. think that's a real. Thing. That's insane. I don't want to ever see that ever. <laughs> um, I don't want that to be real. But the the actual threat. And the mission that he's on, I really, I was into that when it, when he started going, and I was like, "Is he going to get there?" All these things along the way. The action scenes were really cool, like him climbing up the mountain and swooping down with his suit on. You know, it has a lot of interesting stuff to do. Now, what I read where people don't like it, they said it was really boring. There was like nothing going on. I think. Some people need, like these days with movies like The Avengers and stuff, if no, if it's not that level of action, it's like boring to them. I think this more is more of a thinking type movie, similar to Oblivion. I think people didn't like that as much either. That didn't get that much. Because it's more of a, you know, think about the situation, think about the... You know, it's a simple story. It takes its time more. Yeah, and it's a simple story. You know, it's literally like a father and son story. It just takes place in this sci-fi world. You know, this it's not complicated. Different from the father-daughter story of Armageddon, for example, which is just jam-packed with all of the low common denominator tricks of the trade. No offense, because you love Armageddon, but that's what I'm saying. That was a simple father-daughter movie. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. love of a father and not just say... And then, then you build on top of that, he's got to save the world. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all that was, really. But it actually taps into all that, like, high action, high adventure, goofiness, But what I think people might not have liked here is Will Smith shows no personality. And it's kind of... He doesn't show the Will Smith personality, let me say. He shows yeah. a personality. He's playing this stern father who is very, like, you know, I'm go- we're going to survive this. I'm not joking around. Obviously, he's also in a condition to not joke around most of the movie. And 
he he doesn't break it. You know, he's he never, you know, does Men in Black. That's never. Like I mean, it's and I think that might be what people were put off by. Just the where's where's Will Smith? Where's the Fresh <laughs> Prince? You know. <laughs> but I thought it was a pretty good performance because it's just his son on occasion. I the voiceover at the beginning, let me say, was horrible. Very I, horrible. I totally know. Why didn't it. Will Smith voice that over? I, I would have. I know it. I know it kind of sets up for what's to come. And let me say, Will Smith's not really the star of this movie. Jaden is like on the screen most of the time. But Jaden gets this voiceover, and the voiceover sounds to me like a kid reading from a book. Like it's not very. It's not very slick. It's very wooden and stilted. And I was like, oh my God, is that on purpose? Or is that to set a tone? Or is that like we're supposed to wear the vulnerability of him or something? I don't know. Because it doesn't have any weight at all. There's no No. like, this is a person who's learned a wise lesson from something terrible that's happened. And he's voicing back over to us. You know, a voiceover often lends you the, in your brain, you go, oh, all of this has kind of happened. And now they're... They're telling me the story. They're introducing the story to me. But it's long since happened. And they've become wiser, stronger because of it. And now they're telling me the story. His was more, just like you said, like... Just in, talk, just in having a talk. Like, right. Maybe we're maybe we're brainwashed because we think, like, Morgan Freeman needs to be the opening voice or, or something. James L. Jones. Yeah, something like, and in a thousand years, the earth was... I would have preferred that, to be honest, <laughs> than, the, than, the, than Jaden doing the... Because I didn't like it, and it made me... And it's the first thing you hear, so it's like the opening to the movie, and I was like... I'm not hard on him. I think he did fantastic. No, I think he did a good job in parts. I just think some parts he didn't like. I I was like, wow, he's he's doing some expressions and stuff, uh, showing fear, you know, and it's obvious it's a lot of green screen, and, you know... I can picture it. It's more like play acting at times. Play acting, But he's he's like 12 years old. He's 13. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And sometimes it But there are other times when he's... You're just like, that is a seasoned professional. It might have been lucky, but there are times when he's really... Yeah, I I guess it's varied. That's, that's That's the thing for me. Like, there's the part where he's talking to the camera, essentially. But he's talking to his father just before he's going to... Yep. <laughs> which is quite good, I thought. But then uh, he can say one line and I'm like, wow, that's pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, you nailed that. And then the next line I'm like, uh, you know, he's, obviously he's growing up, right? And he's going into being this actor. Correct. And even Will Smith said in the extras, oh, I can see him learning his craft as he's doing it. And that's how I felt during the movie. It was like an indulgent, this is Will Smith's kid, let's let him kind of do... Not, not what he wants. Become a man as an actor. Because then that Shyamalan's not going to let it be shitty or anything. It's just that mm. they might see him in a different light because, you know, they're nurturing him. And then it's like, oh, it's like any parent, I guess. Oh, look how good my kid walks. And you're like, just walk like any other kid. But oh, no, no, look how good he walks, you know. So that was I liked the thing. him. But I thought he was good as like an action star. Like, I mean, when he was jumping and running and like doing all the stunts he was doing. I was convinced he was good at those things and he was physically the capable of all the stuff he did. I had no doubts about that stuff. So I, I like that. Because he established kind of really easily because he runs ahead of the pack in the beginning. He's not great in the field, but he's the, he's almost like Mike from Monsters University. 
He's the little guy who wants to try so hard, and he's, he does great on all the book learning for being a ranger, which is what he wants to be, basically. What's happening is he wants to be a ranger. Yeah, he's in the training academy. Same as his dad. They go out into the world or what around and try to defend humanity or find other things in the universe. Like Starship Troopers. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, fighting those is fighting the bugs. That would be a good recommendation for this one, actually. But, um... But you establishes really quickly and easily, I'm convinced, this kid is... And then you meet the father and you're like, oh yeah, no wonder this kid is so determined and he's really good at all these things, but the head of the school or whatever is just like, you're just not ready. So I was convinced when he started running and jumping and tolerating extreme things. I was... Because sometimes in action movies, you're watching and you see everyday man and all of a sudden everyday man turns into like superhero can do all kinds of shit and you're like well two minutes ago he was like couch potato and now he's so i didn't have any of that i was glad about that because i was worried in the beginning thinking oh great he's gonna become like dun 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 superhero but he didn't really he just kind of muddled through the best he could one thing i really liked about the movie was the um like set design and the the design of the world itself like um when they were all sat in the ship, and I didn't pick up on it at first, and in fact, when they did the extras, it kind of, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that was it. But it's like, it's almost like the spaceship on the inside is made out of like bamboo and all kinds of... You didn't pick that up? I mean, I picked up on it, and I, I could see it, I just didn't understand why it was. Oh, I thought, oh, okay, a thousand years in the future, we've left Earth, and partially out of technological reasons, and partially out of nostalgia, because the new planet is pretty, looks kind of desolate... That we are hearkening back to, like, everything that we know, like, bone shapes even, like, human bone shapes that are everywhere, and, like, spinal shapes, and, like, all kinds of, like, filaments instead of the hard metal. The spaceship looked like a fish. Yeah, like, with a glowy, like a, what was a Manta ray. Yeah. So, that's what I was thinking. Like, partially because it works, and partially because this... Our, this planet we are now has none of this, and we've read all the books from Earth, and we know all the history of Earth, and we know what it was like, so we're kind of integrating all of that. But all that really, it looks very different to any other sci-fi film I've watched. Like, I was looking on the internals of, like, when they're inside the spaceship, there's a lot of cloth, and it's not all hard plastic, like you see a lot of spaceships. I didn't really like all those little windbreaker things. I thought that was a bit kooky, but, and I don't usually There's a lot of that. cloth and It's plastics. overly, when M. Night Shyamalan claims... We wanted this movie to be based in reality. Like, what would it really be like? And I was just like, oh my god, are you serious? It's like the most over-designed. One of the most over... Oblivion is one of them as well, but it's at least a little more digestible. But this like I said, like, you can't... We don't know what... I know, but him like. claiming that he was basing it in reality, like what things could look like, I was like, no. I mean, I don't know either, but how can you think that looks realistic? Because it's just like these panels of cloth kind of all... St- out I like, really that was one of the things I liked, and when the ship was all smashed up and there was bits of it like that, I liked yeah. There was, and it, there was honeycomb things that looked like honeycomb, <laughs> and I really enjoyed how it looked. Um, also, that there's a suit. Jaden wears a suit. Now that suit's really cool. It's made out of some smart fabric that like can tell you whether there's danger or whether you're poorly or whatever. But I feel like it was missing a few things. Yeah, holy shit. If it was if it so can, smart. Yeah, if it can detect life forms however many hundreds of yards away, then why does he get cold? Yeah, I was going to say. Why can't he breathe underwater? Because they established like early on, and Will Smith says to him, you've got to get to these pockets of heat. You can't be out in the cold so overnight. So we need to get you this far across the planet. 
and you've got to get where these warm parts are. And I was like, well, if this thing's so smart, why doesn't it warm him up? Yeah. Or why is there no hood on it? Like, why can't it pull it? Why can't he pull a hood up to keep his head warm? His head's freezing all the time. Like, you know, yeah. Um, injecting yourself with stuff if you get poisoned or whatever. Why can't the suit just do it? Like, yeah, absolutely. Why aren't it in the suit to that? There's just like a panel you touch, and yeah. then it like because it had things on it. Yeah, that look like they did, but things. they were all fake. Yeah, as true. you look at it, you're like over design again, over design in the set, over design. So that suit, while it said it was the smart suit, however, it didn't seem very smart to me because all the things that he needed, uh, it wasn't. And also, the other thing is, I know we're a thousand years in the future, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and we did see a little bit at the beginning of people with guns. But guns seem to be not in this ship at all. No guns. Not really. Nobody has a gun, do they, in this movie? They have the, um, what do you call it? Just that thing he carries. The obelisk, weapon. Or whatever he called it. Yeah, they use like a, uh, like what you see in a martial arts movie. Like two, a stick with two knives on the end of it. But it's kind of this organic one. So, I mean, it could have anything on But we saw that. soldiers earlier on in the movie, right at the beginning. With guns. We, and then when we were in the thing, I was like, why is there no guns on this spaceship? It's like a, you know, that you think there would be. How do we know there aren't any? They crash and then we don't Yeah, know. but there's none lying around. There's none in the... He doesn't pick any up or anything. He, he seems to be fine with his little knife. You know, I was like, oh, did we forget guns at this point? Did we not want guns? Or? I mean, that wasn't their mission they were going on, but then again, you would think it would You would take what you in. could, wouldn't you? If you? You knew it was dangerous, so a gun would have been helpful. <laughs> we don't know there weren't guns, but you're just claiming that we didn't see any there. You don't there see a gun none. at all. You have no proof that there are none. No. <coughs> I'm just saying, where did they go? Is it just because we want to have that cool weapon? Yes. And not a gun? And you don't want to make it easy for him, where he just walks around shooting everything. Yeah, but... And also the breathing thing. Like, he can't breathe on Earth anymore because the atmosphere's changed. There's a lot of but artificial... Suit, um, but the suit can't just do it either. Well, <laughs> well there's like, a lot... It's established right near the beginning. There's, there's all these... Like, to make it feel more pressurized, this journey. Mm-hmm. He's got... Uh, he's got, like... You've only got four um, breathing... Six. ...things you've... You know, to last you on your journey. And they're probably going to run out. And then you're screwed. Um, what else is no, there? No, that was going to be enough. Right, and then there's... Um, well, there's danger, there's temperature, and there's the... Breathing. Yeah, it's all. it all seems layered on top to make it seem more dangerous. It's right? a movie trick. Movie yeah. tool, yeah, for yeah. sure. Or storytelling tool, I guess. Hero overcomes nature, kind of so, thing. And it's all established, told to you, like, it's very laid out. So you're like, oh, okay. Well, every time he pulls that thing out, we know there's one less. And, um... But yeah, that suit could have been better, couldn't it? They could have designed that suit better. Well, they designed the shit out of it. They just didn't make it do anything except change colors. And I think there was some... I think like some stuff mood. was edited out of this movie, It was too. like a mood suit. I don't know if you remember this, right? He... And there's no explanation for it. There's a part near the middle of the movie where he is fighting with his, like, Saudi thing. I don't know what it's called. I the, remember. The bamboo thing with the sword coming out. And then he hasn't got one anymore. But we never see him lose it. What do you mean he doesn't have it? He, he doesn't have back. it. And then he finds that new one. Yeah, he puts. He doesn't have it on his back. And then he finds the new one at the crash thing. He picks the new one up and he's excited and he goes, oh, it's a new one. I never see him lose the other one. We. I don't think we saw it. I mean, I was like... Trying to remember back. I know he went in the water. Did it fall off? We didn't see it. There was no 
There was no inlay of him falling and dropping it or anything. So I feel that there's some edited out or something. And it's pretty short, the movie, by the way. It's like 80 minutes or something. Doesn't bother me. All I thought was when he lost his pack, it didn't. he just lost everything. Yeah. I just didn't... Because it was stuck to his backpack. Yeah, but there was no, like, showing it being lost. And then Don't we, need that. No, I think he did, actually. It felt disjointed to me. Like, because... Like, I... It felt like he never lost it. So then when it comes to the scene where he finds a new one, it's not as... I'm like, oh, he's, there's another one. And then I'm like, oh, where's his other one? It's gone. Like maybe, it wasn't. You, maybe you didn't notice. I wasn't paying no, attention. No, I was really him. paying attention. Like, And I, I, I was like, he went in the water and he had it on his back. You could see it. And then it wasn't there. And then it wasn't there at all. Like I was like, there's some... Something in between there and there where it was on that raft where he lost that thing, but we weren't told that he lost it. So when it comes to finding this new one, it wasn't a thing for me. It was like, okay, well, it's a different one. Is it better? And it shows you that it's kind of got more... But I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, because seems... when the dad gave him is older. Right. That's why it doesn't do as many things. That's why I felt it seemed like something was missing. And maybe it was. Maybe there was something cut out in the middle. Because, you know... There weren't any deleted scenes. No, there were not. So, um, moving on to the cast. Uh, Will Smith plays Cypher Rage. Um, yeah, he plays it, you know, not for laughs. Plays it really serious. Yep. He's trying to convey this message of father and son and, you know, it like uh, parallel to his real life with his, him and his son in a movie. Uh, Jaden Smith is pretty much the star of the movie, I would say. In fact, definitely the cover of the movie, like 50% of it's Will Smith, and then his son's at the bottom, you know. Whoever edited that picture is, uh, I give them my credit because I edited all of my own pictures to make my own self look younger, and I think they did a fine job of making him look about 15 years old. Will Smith's head looks about 15 <laughs> years old, instead of the actual graying 40-something-year-old yeah. man that we know today. It's just the sellable image of Will Smith, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's so. ridiculous. Um... And Jaden Smith, like I say, I felt he was really, you know. What was the other movie that Will Smith was Happiness. in? Happiness. Yeah, I like that movie. But there again, yeah. Jaden was really young and he didn't really have to Mm-mm. do a ton. Uh, Sophie Okano plays Fire Rage. And yeah, there's this little backstory in this movie too, which I thought was pretty good, but you don't really get a ton of it. It's just like these... Yeah. It's pretty horrifying though, in the little bubble. Yes, thing. absolutely. Like, and and we and it showed you it a number of times. That's Did you feel like was... it was a bit? They were laying that on a bit too many times. Not if that's the catalyst for this boy's real problem with his father. So I think it was necessary because that's a pivotal moment in his life. Sister, bad things happen, and it's just the main thing on his mind, really, in relation to his father. And uh, Zoe Kravitz, who is uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter plays Senshi Rage. And like I said, there's not a lot of people in this movie. In fact, the cast at the end, it's very small compared to people who made the movie. Um, I think they did a a good job. Mostly. I like the mother. I think the people on the spaceship at the beginning were really wooden. They're like the disposables from Star Trek, all of them. Yeah, you know when he asked them questions? You know, when there was the... Yeah. And he was asking, and they were talking, it was like they were just like, 
It was just very, like, oh, God. I don't even care what they're saying. Like, it's... But you don't know how people are going to be in a thousand years. Maybe no. that's how they are. Really, really um, informational and not very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Or not even that informational. <laughs> yeah. And bad acting. Um, bad acting. This is directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Who also directed Signs, The Sixth Sense, The Village, The Last Airbender, Happening, The Happening. Did you ever watch The Last Airbender? No. I have no... I don't care in the slightest. I don't care in the slightest about The Last Airbender at all. Really? Not no. even because he made it? Didn't like the cartoon, didn't like the... Don't care about a live-action version of it. But you like him? Uh, I don't 100% like him, no. <laughs> Do you? Yes. I think The Happening is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I disagree. And not that it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I mean, I... I think I appreciate... The idea of who he is as a director more than as some of the individual movies, you know. But I think that it's become because he did one really well. Yeah, and then he gets and then another more. one really well, I like Signs as well. Um, I don't know. I think that he's very indulgent with the actors. I think that's one of the things you're thinking about. I think that he's more he wants more of the whole world to be in his vision instead of focusing on like the details. Even the sets and stuff, you can look around and go, "Oh, lots of detail." But the fact is there really is it all feels a bit um sterile. Even the world, even the earth a thousand years later, even though it's covered in like jungle and shit, I felt like it was quite sterile. Like there's not a lot of not a lot of thought in the the kind of grit and the grunge of what this planet would be like without humans at all like how vicious it would be i thought one of your one of your recommendations even that avatar even though it's totally colorful and you feel a little bit of wizard of ozzy it still feels really scary almost almost because it's vicious and you you know you kind of tense up like holy shit this but in this world there wasn't enough attention paid to anything in specific. That's my downfall for him. I is think, that he takes the big concept too far than focusing on all the little stuff. I think um, Unbreakable is the best one he made. Oh, yeah, Unbreakable, I yeah. actually think it's better than The Sixth Sense for me. I really like Unbreakable. It's like one of my favorite superhero movies. It's, it's just a really excellent idea, you know? Yep, yep. Um, the Lady in the Water was pretty good, too. I don't think a lot of people saw that one, but I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah, like, well, you like the guy, though. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Correct. True. Um, but yeah, I think he's hit and miss, to be honest. I don't think he's the greatest thing ever. I I think he had a few... Well, he obviously had the sixth sense, and that rocketed him, because everybody was like, oh my god, that was amazing, he can probably do that again, so let's let him do something else. Right. And then he didn't do... Well, the village is kind of like, you know, it was alright, the village, but... When you watch it again, it's a little bit less impressive. I liked it. It's a bit cheap, isn't it? The The twist is a bit No, I disagree. Cheap. I like the twist. I just don't... A lot of the execution isn't high quality. I didn't... See, I felt... I When I watched it, I f- it felt a bit... Because <laughs> there was that expectation of M. Night Shyamalan at the beginning of his career where people were like, oh, I wonder what the big twist will be. Ah, but that's in your own head. No, I, it wasn't just me. It was. Uh, I don't mean just you. I mean, that's in your heads then. That's not his responsibility. No, and I think that was... He he actually did that three times, right? The twisty the thing. The big twist. Yeah. And then it became 
Signs wasn't really a big twist. I think it had. It did have a little bit of one. Not really. It was all pretty much up front. No. You got to see the thing right off. Pretty much, you knew I it was do real. Remember, there was a twist in Signs, but I then remember thinking it was leading you to think there was a twist, but in reality, it was really real. I think that was what it was. Yeah. Oh, you just spoiled Signs. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think he became the guy who every all the reviewers and the people were like, "Oh, I can't wait to see his new film because of the there's going to be a big twist." And you can't live up to that. It's impossible. I agree. Because The Sixth Sense is kind of a fluke. But it's also everybody's fault if they have expectations. Just let him do his thing and leave it at that. And now he's not that. He's um, made The Last Airbender, which was a huge, massive budget film that nobody really liked. It's like a three on IMDb. It's like... That one was... The the problem with that one was, um, apparently, I've not seen it, but um, it was really dark the entire time, and it was a 3D movie, so when you went and watched it in 3D, the fact that it was dark made it even darker. So How does that impact the quality of the movie, though? The quality of the look of the movie, you know? Even people who've watched it on Blu-ray say that the design of the making it so dark was, like, a bad idea, because you don't see a lot of it. So... That didn't do very well, and this one didn't do very well either, you know, so what is he, is he, I'd like to maybe see him make a, a smaller movie again, because these are huge movies, aren't they, what we're talking yeah. about? Um, cause he, because now he's got the name, people know who he is, and they, oh yeah, well, of course we want him to make our movie. Yeah, but it's like, you've said, not you personally, don't think it personally, but people with that mind set him up for complete failure no matter what he does, because he'll never ever... Ever pull off another sixth sense? I think ever. he could because Unbreakable no, did, but he was... never will. I mean, he never. I mean, will. he did again. Not really. People said would say the same thing, like it's not the sixth sense, so he'll never do that again. And if he keeps doing it, everybody will say, "Well, don't keep doing it." So no matter what he does, if you go to see a movie and it's it's this, this has no stamp of M Night Shyamalan on it. And then you go, well, that there was no twist to that. There's nothing interesting about that. There's nothing weird about that. But then the next one, he does a big, huge twist, and you're like, oh, he's doing a twist again. Actually, that maybe that's my problem. This movie, you wouldn't even know he was involved in it. He doesn't really have a. Um... Why is that a problem? You don't like him that much. No, I'm saying, you know, when you, they say an M Night Shyamalan film, and it's quite right up there on the screen. You wouldn't know, would you? No. At no, all. There's no not. he doesn't have a style of, of any kind or like he used to have a style, I think, and his style earlier was quite intimate and very small kind of movies, if you think of them the movies. Like they were pretty small. They felt claustrophobic almost. Because they were set you know, they were probably quite low budget movies to be honest. Set in one location generally. Yeah. But, you know, with a movie like this, and I've often said that, like The Avengers, you don't... Like, if I said to you who directed The Avengers, it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, I don't know about that. No, I mean, you don't know. I mean, you do know, but you... It's... It doesn't... It does matter, but it matters... The quality is gonna what matters. There's no stamp of a director in those type of big movies. Right, but it matters that someone can handle it well. But there's somebody like Ridley Scott who can make a huge movie like Prometheus, yet his stamp is all over that movie. Like, I know that Ridley Scott's things are in there. And did everyone like it? I mean, not everyone likes anything, but um, Prometheus. People didn't really like Prometheus, no. I mean, I did. But in general, 
people out wanted another alien, and that's not what it is. You liked it because it was Ridley Scott, or because you just liked it? Because it's Ridley Scott. <laughs> not because it's good. Um, no, I, I really like Ridley Scott's director work, and you can see it from the opening frame in that, that Ridley Scott made but it. But that doesn't make it a good movie. No, and I don't think it is a 100% good movie, Prometheus, to be honest. I think it's a good setup. Uh, but I don't think it. So then you've the- opened a question. So I love Ridley Scott. He's made fifty movies. I love all Ridley Scott movies. Oh well, how about movie number fifty and number fifteen and number twenty-five and thirty-five? They were really shitty. Oh, I just love Ridley Scott. Like, how can you bring that that overrides then the quality of the movie? For, in bringing this in terms of M. Night Shyamalan, you mean? Because mm, I don't love M. Night Shyamalan. Any, so. any movie. Like, the movie should be what it is without relying on the name of the director. The style of a director can is like your your guy, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Magnolia guy. Or it's Ridley Scott. You can tell that, the, that he made the movie. Ridley Scott has an absolute... Di- the direction is that you I'm can not, see it. See, I don't so. see that, but I'm not looking yeah, it's for a, it. It's really... He, he has a slow character build. It's it's almost like a 1970s movie. The yeah, way. I agree with that. I'm not sure if I see that as Ridley Scott. I see that as the style of the times of that time. But well, Prometheus is. A I totally mean, the content time. is clearly from that world. I'm just saying. Sometimes, do you bring your affection for a director or your dislike for a director that might override some of the quality or lack of quality of a movie? You mean in, when I watched After Earth just now, I think it's kind of crappy because M. Night Shyamalan did it. I don't think you think it's crappy. I think that you've Cause set I think, him up. Because I don't actually think it's crappy. You've I set him up good. kind of like, uh, I don't really love M. Night Shyamalan. And then you find the flaws. And then one of the flaws is, eh, it doesn't really matter that he did it. And that adds to your not liking the movie. Instead of it just being... Right, but movie. I do like this movie. Right. I'm just saying <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan doesn't seem to be Present. a factor of me liking the movie. It's more the story and the visual effects, actually. I think it would have been better if someone else had directed it. Like, for example, the guy who directed the first Iron Man. That guy. I always forget his name. John Favreau. Yeah. I don't don't know because I don't really rate him, like, highly. (laughs) That's true. I mean, we watch Cowboys and Aliens. That's true. You know? And it would have taken that tone because he has the same tone. He has a similar tone. Not that he has a stamp. Yeah. But he has a similar... Formula for everything. Yeah, it's very crowd pleasing. Yeah. His thing. And after after Earth, yeah, after Earth, I was thinking another Earth, but yeah, after Earth doesn't have crowd pleasing elements. I find. Yeah, and I think. Although that's, I like it. Overall. No, but I think that's why people don't like it, and I really like it. But I actually really liked it. Yeah, and I did. But what I'm saying is, the reason it's got a four on IMDb and people didn't like it so much, and it didn't. Why is IMDb the measure of a movie now? It isn't. But you go and look around ten different movie sites, and it gets ranging from like a four to a two, right? It's, I it, will it's, consider that a lot of the people who rate movies online are not people going out there to give them good vibes anyway. Right, or, or, met, or the one where it's the real critics, and then they, they aggregate a score, Metacritic. Look on there, and it gets very low. And that's critics reviewing it. Not How about people. the majority of the people on the planet, not just the small group of people? Right, so you can look at different sites, look at the, what the critics think, and look at what people... IMDb is just anybody, right? But it's getting a low mark, right? That means there's something in it getting a low mark. 
IMDb is not a benchmark of every anything, but it's it's clear if you go around looking, people didn't receive it well. If it's not getting an eight and a nine, what gets an eight and a nine? Um, good movies, really good movies. What makes them good? Just because those people like them. Like there will be blood at, at an eight. Um, I guess I think it's more scientific. How many people rated it? Who are these people? How many people rated this one? Who are these people? Right, I'm so, just saying this movie. The vibe, regardless of, it. of all that, it gets a. And even you said to me, I remember, when this movie mm-hmm. came out, oh, I heard that, that your friend Gary Witter's movie Didn't isn't do doing very well. very well. So even you got a vibe because the press was saying, oh, this movie's not doing very well. Um, but now I forgot what I was saying. Uh... <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. I think that people didn't warm to it because it's more of a thinker kind of movie and less of a it's just like balls to the wall like Avengers or something but it is all action because he's constantly on the run he's but it's constantly- not that interesting a lot of the action let me say that there's a lot of just running about and hmm. it's more dialogue him the, the conversation between him and his father even though he is on the move while he's having the conversation. Because let's talk about the origin of this movie to begin with, was Will Smith saying he wants a movie that he and his son can star in. Yeah. So you, you when you start from that kernel, then there there's never going to be anything else hardly going on that doesn't that distracts from that. And that comes through. Absolutely. The father and son bond and relationship. It works well on and the screen. And a young man's struggle to make his father proud or be what his father expects. And it works well on screen and it parallels real life obviously for them too. Um, So I I think it's a success in that but I think that's why people don't warm to it. I think it's not Will Smith being funny (laughs) and it's not crowd pleasing in that way. You mean it's not Independence Day? Yeah, it's not that crowd pleasing kind of thing, is it? It's more you know, it's like Oblivion. It's more of a think about this, think about what this world is set up to be and you know it could be your world like you know not mine in a thousand years really but I mean I this world could end up like that just think about it like you know uh, you know as an environmental thing as well and a you know and keep remembering that this is just about a boy and his father set in a sci-fi uh, rapper really so it's just happiness <laughs> with a sci-fi rapper instead of a down well no there was no intense relationship with the father son and happiness that was he was just there along for the ride so but it not really a lot of the scenes between them were but it wasn't about that though I don't remember what it was about <laughs> I remember him going to get a job yep and he was down and out like and he's trying to yeah, walking around with his son holding his hand that's all I remember <laughs> it, um, was I, good. it was really good I thought it was good yeah so uh, Blu-ray extras and there are a few um I don't think they're that valuable, the Blu-ray extras, though. No. They're, they're kind of those press kitty ones. They're it's... fine. I mean... And there's a bunch. Uh, a Father's Legacy, which had some really interesting, like, off-camera moments between them two. But they're not off-camera, are they? No. Because they're on-camera. But still, it, they seem natural. It they're just joking reminded around. me that they are a Hollywood, somewhat pretentious... Machine. Somewhat obnoxious... They're a exactly, machine. They're a product. They're exactly what you... you think that a Hollywood family is going to be like these. Yeah, like um, I don't know. Like they're the cool kids in school, and they're untouchable, and everything that swirls around them is all for them. Every single thing that happens, 
that kid will have, other than his parents, you know, putting him down to size or whatever, as parents do, everyone else is going to be like kissing their ass and you're Will Smith and you just, you get that vibe. I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm just saying it came out in these little, little things. What are they called? Packages. Yeah, so that's a father's legacy. There's a thousand years in 300 seconds, which makes like no you sense said, whatsoever. It's, um, it's, a sh- it's a featurette that lasts 300 seconds, but it's just a compilation of stuff. Yeah. It's I mean, a it's a compilation of. Um, it's a montage of making the movie. Yeah, set to music. That's it. Uh, the nature of the future is <laughs> very strange. It's um, explore the beautiful landscapes where After Earth was filmed. And that's what it, it's a screensaver. They're like fo- they're like living photographic studies of nature, really up close. So I it's guess like, they here's a get... here's a plant, here's the sky, here's a mountain. And I understand the reason they yeah, exist, I do. so people can study them for special effects and for their CGI. And yet here they are for you to just put. And it even says it. when you play this featurette, if you want to press here to just watch it, or press here to have it loop, so you can use it as a screensaver for your HD TV. It Why lasts... you would want to put that disc in and leave it in there and leave a yeah. Blu-ray player on all the time. And it lasts for five minutes and then loops and that's it. There's a feature that the TVs of today should have built in. That you should be able to put in a thumb, a thumb drive and say, play these as uh, my screensaver. You can. Can you? As a loop, yeah. As my screensaver? Or are you just saying like a slideshow? Oh, you put a video in and say loop it. You can do that. You... Can you? Yeah. You can do that on our TV. Well, there we go. They were listening to my thoughts. Um, there's an alternate opening, a never-before-seen version of the film's opening, created from state-of-the-art animation. It is almost a finished opening, but it almost it felt like a video game opening to me. Oh, I thought it was totally unfinished. They had, like, still photographs. I'm used to a drawings. lot of video game openings, and those still drawings are, are what they often use in video games because it's cheaper to do a drawing and voiceover. Yeah, and they didn't look finished at all. You could have used that for an opening, and what they used as the opening in the movie wasn't that much better, to be honest. Let me just say, as a movie watcher, not a video game player, no, it wouldn't have worked for me. I would have been like, what is this, an And to be honest, what it wasn't a whole lot different, was it? No, To it what wasn't. was actually in the no, movie. No, no. No. Um, so, there's also building a world, the animatics of After Earth and pre-visualizing the future. That's it for the um, extras. Uh, so, yeah, they're all very light... Um, extras there's no proper behind the scenes there's no commentary so um there are some extras but they're light on value is what i would say uh so in conclusion on after earth i enjoyed it it's not the best film ever it's i like sci-fi anyway i just kind of am predisposed to liking it um it's not for everybody i think some people might find it boring I, i do think that that would be I also think they're the same people who wouldn't like Oblivion either. Because they'll say, oh, I watched Oblivion and it was just Tom Cruise wandering around and then he was on a motorbike. Like, that's how, that's all it is. Yeah. But there's a concept behind these movies that you have to kind of look for a little bit and I think some people aren't willing to do that. I agree. So that's why I think that this one probably didn't do as well as it should, but I enjoyed it. I liked it. Is it? You just liked it? Yeah, actually. I mean, I re- I enjoyed it while it was, I was entertained by it all. But I don't have the same brain as a lot of people. Because I'm looking at... I'm thinking, I'm thinking beyond the movie. This young man is actually 
fighting not in the not only in the story about living up to a father's expectations, but he's Will Smith's son. And so every time I'm watching him do a scene where he's really good, doing a good job, am I also bringing with me the like you can do it, Will Smith's son, or am I bringing like there's a young man who's actually could become an excellent you know performer someday? Or... And you have to remember, he's just 13 years old. He's a kid, yeah. Little yeah. little kid. And they even made him work out like super hard so he was kind of looking older. And I think part of my negatives were, I kind of agree with what you said, that a lot of the action isn't that big of a deal. The thing with the bird. Running the away thing from with some monkeys. The things. Yeah, the monk. There's no, that's my thing is, it doesn't commit, it's very serious like you said. And here's my here's my same old issue, I guess. Just thought of it. It doesn't commit to being a gritty, gory version of what Earth is like, like a vicious jungle of survival. But it's also not a campy, lightweight. It's trying to skirt them. You see a pile of monkey parts at one point, you're like, oh shit, this is hardcore. But then after that, you've got a CGI monster who most of the time just keeps my mind a CGI monster. So I'm not that... I know it's threatening, but he doesn't really threaten me that much, you know. I like the bird. I like that whole sequence with the bird, to be honest. It's pretty... I thought that was my least favorite part. No, oh, I liked it. I liked it when it was nudging its little ones. <laughs> and it was That's just, because you're hopeless. It was ultra sad. Sweet and romantic, and you love sadness. Um, so, thanks to Sony for the Blu-ray. Uh, and if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. Next week's Blu-ray review will be... Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Superman movie. We will be taking a look at that next week. Seen it. Uh, you'll be seeing it again. <laughs> um, and I, anytime I have an opportunity to see a Zack Snyder movie, I will see it. Even if I have seen it already. I see. Um, movie game. Movie game? I say a movie and you tell me what year it was made. And then if you want, you can say a movie and I'll tell you what year it was made. My movie is Taxi Driver. 78. That was quick. Do you just know this definitively? No. No, you don't, because that's not correct. It's 1976. 1976. Close. The bicentennial of our country. All right. Mine is... A good way to celebrate with a psychotic killer and a young girl prostitute. Mine is the remake. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. This is is on the theme of After Earth. Okay. The remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves. (laughs) You mean that guy from Australian Big Brother? Um, 2008. Correct. Oh, yes. Yes. We actually reviewed that. Fantastic. On this show. On this very show. On this show right here? Ooh. And it was kind of a cool Blu-ray because it came with the original movie Mm -hmm. and the... the I watched that movie. It was really cool. Yeah. I didn't watch it on the Blu-ray, but I did. Yeah, we did. We watched it. We both watched it. When I watched it when your friends were here. In there, with the door shut. You might have watched it at a different time. Hmm. Well, yeah, if you buy the Blu-ray of that movie, it does come with the original movie on a separate disc, which is pretty cool. So, um, yours is Taxi Driver. My taxi So, movie recommendations this week. I am going with Avatar, which is quite an obvious parallel to this movie, actually. Why does that, why does it remind you of that? It just... I know Avatar is not on Earth, it's Pandora, but this... Being in this jungly world that's threatening. Here's what reminded me of Avatar, and it was going to be one of my recommendations, but you had already done it, was he says, everything on this planet wants to kill you. Yes, he did say that. And that's what they say in this one. Everything on Earth 
It's designed to kill humans, which it isn't untrue even now as we live here today. In the history of this of every planet, nature isn't here to coddle us and wipe our asses and make sure we all survive. Nature just is what it is. And he says, um, recruits, you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> but not in this one. Makes me want to see it again, actually. Yeah, I've got the... Uh, we should see it again because I've got the new version with the extended cut. It's another mm. 20 minutes longer. That'd be good. Hmm. So we should see it. Um, Maybe on my birthday we'll watch that. So I'm going with Avatar. Birthday. And secondly, Another Earth, which is another Earth movie. But that's what we just watched. After Earth, we oh, just right. watched. Another Earth is a movie from last year. Completely different from this one. Yeah, with an awesome concept. It's like a low-budget independent movie. But it's a really high concept. And I really enjoyed it. I, I still enjoy it to this day. And you don't want the nitpickers. I mean, yeah, we nitpick things, obviously. We talk about things that may seem real, impossible, whatever. But I don't do it out of, like, to rip a movie down. If I say... Well, that giant bird and those baby things was kind of like, uh, really? Or that thousand year in the future vision is, that can't be real, whatever. I don't really care enough to, I'm not saying it to bring the movie down. Whereas people who would look at another earth and say, ugh, impossible. The whole movie's stupid because that can never happen. Well, that's the whole idea. Is that the highest concept you can imagine? Another Earth is and, a really cool concept. Yeah, from and the make that in bring fold that into a story that is like disturbing and interesting. And yet, in addition to that, like with Magnolia, you have this element of weirdness on top of it. So Avatar and Another Earth, and Another Earth, I can guarantee you, not many people have seen it, but it is on Netflix if you want to watch it. And mine are. First, I have to yawn. Uh, that is not a movie. And no, I'm not bored. <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> Went out with my friends last night, and now it's wearing me down. Or maybe the hour on the treadmill did it. Mine are, for some reason, it made me think of The Fifth Element, because, not, be, not with the style or anything, but a future of ours where I love the funny, campy, quirky weirdness of it. It's not trying to be serious, even though it has, like, a hardcore bad guy and everything. It's, it's almost a comedy in parts. Yeah, it has that. It commits completely to not taking it seriously. And everything about it, the details, everything about it is the same. It all fits. And I love the fifth film. But anyway, I could watch it probably every other day, and I'd be happy. And the other one is sort of this vision of a future dystopian... But not that far in the future, but it's Escape from New York. Not a great, great, great movie. I don't movie, really like it. But it is a vision of a future concept where, you know, you've turned New York City into a prison. The entire city. The rest of the world we know nothing about. Which I think this day and age, that would be an awesome... Make a new one. Make it not a new... Not a remake. I mean, take that one. Find all the characters from it. I know they had Escape from L.A., but I don't remember liking that one. Or what it was about other than that. But Escape from L.A. was really terrible. Did they make it into a prison too? Or had it just been taken over no, by somebody? I just, don't remember. It was just rampant. Everybody being rampant. What? <laughs> everybody being rampant? Like, the, it was all chaos and it wasn't a prison. Hmm. But they had to escape from it. Break, it breaks down in it. His car breaks down and then he's stuck mm, there. Coincidence. And then he has to surf down the sewers. Do you remember that bit? No. 
He's on a surfboard. He finds a surfboard and he's surfing in the oh sewers. Oh my it's god! Really okay, I don't recommend that. But I like <laughs> Escape from New York just because it's weird and it's, you know, it's of its time of my youth. John Carpenter. Was it? It's a good idea. The first movie. I'm not really that keen on it. I think it's really overrated. That. I watched it at the time and kind of liked it and then watched it again later and went, uh, you know, it's not my thing. Like, But I understand the um, like for Snake Plissken. Like, I, I get that that character is really cool. But you can commit yourself to saying, oh, no, the original Hellraiser was good. Of course it wasn't. It's only because... They're about the same quality. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff this week. Uh, I played the campaign of Battlefield 4, which is EA's first-person shooter that tries to compete against Call of Duty, but never really succeeds. <laughs> nice. So I played the campaign, and i got to say, it's the worst campaign in a Battlefield game I've ever played. Interesting. And secondly, I played the 360 version, by the way, it was full of bugs. And I'm not talking, like, small bugs. I'm talking about bugs that actually killed the game a couple of times. Now, the first bug, and when I realized something was really wrong in the game, was um, I got into an elevator with my squad. And the elevator started to go up with my squad in it. But I started to go down underneath <laughs> the level. So I was underneath nice. the whole geometry of the level, looking up. I could see the elevator with the dudes in it. And I could see everything else. Like, I could see the sky, I could see all the buildings, and the insides of all the buildings, because I was underneath everything. It was really weird. And then they were just stood waiting for me. And I couldn't get to them because it was about, like, 300 feet below them. So I had to restart the level and it didn't happen the second time. And in another level, I was on the deck of an aircraft carrier. And we had to shoot some dudes coming from the left and coming from the right. I finished shooting them all. And then there's no dudes left to shoot. And then it says, go and speak to the commander who's injured on the deck. I went up to the commander... And he's injured, and a guy saying like, "We need to go. We need to help him. Here, have this." And he he, he passes me this something. It's like a book, the commander's book. It is because he wants. He's saying the commander's down. You're going to have to be the commander. He gives me the commander's book, and I just blow up, <laughs> like literally blow up. It was in, instead of him giving me the book, the game thought it, I had a grenade or an explosive, and I blew. Oh up. right. And I was like, "Is that?" supposed to happen i don't even i'm not even clear did he just give me a booby trap and we're going to it's going to fade to black and then come to a cutscene where i'm being tortured or something and then and he's like the bad guy no he's just he's just a guy but i was like is this a twist or something and then i was like hold on i'm dead i reloaded it the same scenario played out again he gave me the book and then it carried on just normally right so there was that and that and then a bit later on in the game there's a bit where you have to kill a tank to get past it. And I'm not talking about you being in a tank shooting at a tank. I'm talking you being a soldier. And you've got to run up to the tank when it's not looking kind of thing and put some explosives on the tank and then blow it up. I put explosives all over the tank. So many explosives, nothing. It was like an explosive piñata that, <laughs> that was stuck all the way around it. I ran off behind the hedge. You're funny. The tank is there and it's got, you know, like the, you know, like when you put them, these explosives on a tank, they're like little packs and they've got a red light that flashes. Yeah. So, you know, and no, they're all but... over, they're all over the tank. The tank is so wired to blow up. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I go behind a, um, like a, a bush 
to hide from it. And then I'm like, ha ha, stupid tank. And I'm going to press the button to blow all the tank up. I press the button and I blow up. <laughs> the tank is fine. <laughs> There's none, nothing on me. They're all on the tank. So I, And at that point, that was the third weird... Did you give up? No, I, I carried on and finished it. Nothing else occurred out of the ordinary. Apart from one time I lay down prone and fell through the floor. <laughs> like I went through the concrete. And then I was like... This is like a multi-million dollar game for EA. It's their biggest... And this is having a lot of other people? Yeah, I've seen... In fact, the bugs that I found in the, in the single player, they're not, they don't happen all the time. But I've seen people do videos online on YouTube of the multiplayer, and the multiplayer is even more buggy. Like, there's weird things in the multiplayer where they've... A guy is driving a tank, and then all of a sudden, instead of going forward, it starts going up. Like an aircraft. <laughs> so I've seen people on the videos of them, like, with a tank in mid-air shooting stuff. So, playtesting EA? They people? probably did, but it just was rushed. Very, yeah. very rushed. If I find three game-breaking bugs in the campaign, and the campaign's only four hours long, and I found those three, well, four things that were broken, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Things should be ironed out. I mean... I was if I find one of those bugs, I would be like, "Oh, okay, there was a bug. Fine, they'll probably patch it." But when you find four in in one playthrough, that's four hours long. So that's one an hour. That's pretty right. bad, right? Yeah. For a sixty dollar game. So that's Battlefield Four. Um, disappointing. Disappointing. Probably won't play any more of it. That's probably. Aww. I don't really like the multiplayer on Battlefield anyway. I've never really been into it. Um. And Assassin's Creed 4, played a little bit more of that. Talked about that last week. This Tuesday is Call of Duty Day. Call of Duty Ghosts. Really the least important day of the week, if you ask me. Yep. Call of Duty Ghosts <laughs> comes out this Tuesday. And interestingly, for the first time ever in Call of Duty's history, I will not be buying Call of Duty Ghosts on Tuesday because it's like this odd year where um, it's a new the new consoles are coming out this year. And the PS4, which I am getting, comes out on the 15th of November with Call of Duty Ghosts as a launch title for the PS4. So the current generation versions come out this Tuesday. But I don't see the point in me buying a current generation version when I'm buying a new console in Correct. two weeks. So Wives do not disagree with us. And Activision have kind of... And I'm not falling for this shit, but Activision have made this thing where if you go and buy the 360 version on Tuesday, uh, and then in in a week and a half, you've got to wait a week and a half, for Christ's sake. (laughs) So you can go and buy the 360 version on Tuesday. And then, in a week and a half, when the PS4 version comes out, you can take your 360 version back and get... You get your PS4 version for $10. Right. So that's fair enough, but I can wait a week. Yes, yes, <laughs> you, know you can. Because I, mean? I, yes, I do. I don't need to play the older, last generation version and then buy the, the new version. I want to play the whole thing on the new console. Like That's part of the appeal to me, to yeah. see the new graphics and everything. So I'll just wait a week and I'll play it on the 15th. It's more exciting that way anyway. I like You get a console and you get your favourite game at the same, on the same day, right? So, yeah, I'll just wait a week. 
Um, so that comes out on Tuesday, Call of Duty Ghost. I'm going to stay clear of all the reviews and the spoilers. I don't want to know anything about it. And then on my Games and A Scully stuff, finally it says glasses for wife, but it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> well, it does affect you, because what did I do this week? After you insisted. Bought some new glasses. And just buy glasses. How do you obtain glasses? Oh, went for an eye exam, got some new glasses. Eye doctor says, ugh, like, almost as if my eyes are so bad, right? Uh, I can't just get regular glasses. I have no option but to get bifocals. There was never an op- any other option. But you really should get the trifocals because you look at, you draw and you read and you do computers and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I trust the doctor. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I wait 10 days, get the glasses, and instantly everything is, and I'm going to swear now, fucking blurry. Everything is blurry. I don't have blurry vision without glasses. I have a very distinctive, and I repeated it over and over and over and over and over. Everything has, like, as if somebody's copied and pasted a semi-transparent version of that thing over on one side and on the other side, and then there's a ghost of it on the bottom. Everything is like that. That makes everything hard to focus on. Nothing is crisp and clear. When I read, there's, like, three of each thing. If you've got triple vision, you're, you're the only one. And then I was like, oh, well, then I'm, then I'm focusing really hard. Like, am I really seeing three? Because I have for so long. I know what I see. Get the glasses. They suck. Suck. I can't see. I can see at the bottom. Now, he did tell you that you should wear them for a yeah, week. and wear them then, for a then week. Then they'll be fine. You'll get used to it. So this is the concept I don't understand. You get glasses and you say they're so perfect when you get new glasses that your head, your brain, you get a headache because you're not used to everything being so crispy yeah, clear. Yeah, strange your eyes. And you need to get used to it. That is a concept I understand. These glasses are so blurry that you can't drive, you can't read, you can't draw, you can't see the computer, you can't even cook. But give it a week and you'll get used to it. What am I getting used to? Am I getting used to everything being blurry? Do my eyes just suddenly go like, oh, right, everything looks blurry, but we're going to tell our brain everything. I don't understand what they're, it's talking about. They're actually about. wrong, so you need to go back. We don't know they're wrong. I think they're wrong. Back. I think they're wrong, because I've never heard anybody ever say, I got some glasses, and it, it just looked terrible. I couldn't even see for a week. I've never heard of that. Yeah, but I told you. My brother said the same thing, and my cousin said. And they were wrong. Their glasses were... Well, the, my brother just insisted that they give his money back. But my cousin said they had measured the distance between her pupils yeah. wrong. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, was, they were wrong. Is so this I, common? I'm saying something is wrong. Is this common that people get the wrong glasses? Like, Yeah, I think it is. But you said you've never heard of that and you've always got perfect glasses. I've heard people get it wrong, though. I, I even went and looked online and there was a whole heap of people who said, Oh, yeah, the doctor measured my eye things wrong. Or, so what's on my face right now? Just some cheap reading glasses. <laughs> you know why? Because they make everything look perfect. And so we'll put some prescription glasses when you get the right ones. So why aren't these okay? I don't get it. If these do the same thing, and I've read about it, he even, you know, you can't hurt your eyes. Your eyes can get lazy, but you can't hurt your eyes any worse than they are. Yeah, but it's best to get exactly your prescription. Obviously those are wrong. You need something like those, but tuned to you. But to tell me triple vision like doesn't exist, and then I looked it up, I'm like, it's That's everywhere. why I think he's a shitty optician. It's actually a, a symptom of other things, not that I have those things, but I'm just saying. How, how, but, and this is my thing. If you're a doctor of any kind, I'm not a doctor, so I don't understand that, but, and someone says to you, yeah, but that's not really the thing. And if you're, you know, a hundred customers all come in, patients, whatever, and say, oh, yeah, everything's blurry, and then, oh, my glasses are so great. And then on the number 100th person says, 
no, everything's aren't blurry. It's this and this and this. Oh, those glasses aren't great for me. Wouldn't you be like, hmm, let me look into this. But no, when I called, it was like, oh, he just wants you to wait, give it a week. And if they don't work for you, just come out of money. We'll just give your money back. He even said that to me when I was there on the day I got my glasses. Well, if you don't like them, you know, I'll give you your money back. There was like no other options. I don't understand. That's why I say like, you need to see a different guy or get this sorted out. But. So if anybody out there listening has a good recommendation of eye doctor in my area. Also, I did notice he did not give me my prescription, like a piece of paper with it on it or anything. And, and that's I, a common thing. I um, always get mine. I'm well, ne- if you look it up, loads of people say they don't give you that anymore because they don't want you to go somewhere else for your glasses. Right. That seems shystery, doesn't it? If you pay for it. Well, you're paying for his effort to figure... Yeah, yeah but you sure. paid for the test. Yeah, the if I test. only went in there for an eye test, then I would expect to get my prescription. It's one of those after-sales things like, no, you buy frames from us. You don't yeah. go online and get them for half price. You buy them here. That's what it is. And then on the second day, or when I went to get my glasses, I walk in and the girl's, oh, he wanted me to do this test on you. Come back here. Come back here. He forgot to do this test. Forgot to do this test. He wants to check your peripheral vision. I go back. I sit down. Put my face in a thing. She does the click. She says it's the clicky test. If you see these wavy lines in your peripheral vision, just click the thing. Click, 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 click. Oh, that was perfect. Click, 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 click. Oh, that was perfect. Okay. Oh, what insurance do you have? Because we need to bill you for that because your vision insurance won't cover that. Or do you just want to take care of that today while you're here? And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't. I don't even know what your you like side. It sounds terrible to me. To me. I, you need to get it sorted this week. I mean, they're super professional and they're very nice and everything. Yeah, but you're not getting the right glasses out of the gate doesn't seem right to me. So we'll see what happens. And that was it for the glasses of the wife. What's for dinner? You ask. I do. <laughs> well, I don't. And also, what's been for dinner this week? Last week, I mentioned I was going to make a pea gravy with tofu and whatnot. How was that? Good. That was freaking amazing. It's so amazing. We're going to have leftovers of it tonight. Second thing is, I made some rice with vegetables in it, peas and carrots and corn. Kind of a generic little dish. Along with some broccoli cheese soup out of a can, a veggie burger. How do they get cheese in a can? (laughs) Is this a joke? I don't know. No, I'm just asking. <laughs> oh, here, I have a joke. I have a joke I have to tell you. The story behind the joke is funnier than the joke, but here's the joke. A guy finds a bottle, and he rubs it, and poof, a genie comes out. The genie says, you have three wishes, but just remember this. Every wish that you wish for, your ex-wife gets that times two. Every single thing you wish for, she gets that times two. Okay, okay. I want a mansion. Poof, you've got a mansion. Poof, your ex-wife has two mansions. Okay. I want a million dollars. You've got a million dollars. She's got two dollars. Two dollars. Two million dollars. And then he thinks, the dude thinks and thinks and thinks, and he goes, okay, I want you to choke me half to death. That was told by my friend Cindy, who, before she started the joke, this is my friends and I went out last night, and we all looked at her. We've known her for 30 years, and we all I said, I think that's wait, quite wait. possibly one of the worst jokes We all world. went, wait, 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 do not start this joke unless you know the punchline, <laughs> because she's notorious for getting to the end and being like, hold on, what was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then she messes it up. So she tells us all the way up to the, the final part, and then she goes, oh, um, and then we're like, oh, my God. And then she proceeded to tell us the joke and finish it off. So it's not the worst joke you've ever heard. It's pretty bad. You don't have an in ex- terms of not being. Oh no funny. no! You don't have an ex-spouse, so you don't know how funny that is. <laughs> <laughs> someday, if I'm ever your ex-wife, you might find you might come right back into the front of your brain. You'd be like, 
That joke I've got a mother-in-law, but yeah, mother-in-law jokes are not funny to me. Oh, because you got a good mother-in-law. You know what I mean? Do you not? Have a good mother-in-law? Yeah. Yeah, she's good. Sadly, I don't have a mother-in-law because she died. She did. <laughs> That's not funny at all. No. All right, so uh, my advice, final? My advice is what I said there. The older you get, right? The better something as simple as this. You're sitting around a table, you got some food, some wine, whatever, beverage you choose, and you're good friends, like your best friends. I don't mean, it could be anybody, but I mean, I've had friends now my whole entire life, and some of them for 30 years, and some the whole 46 years. Almost 46 years, next Thursday, by the way, November 7th. Uh, I'll be about the fifth time you've said that. <laughs> I am narcissistic. I can't help it. It is part of my personality. And my friends understand this. But there's really the appreciation for just sitting around a table, eating some food, and telling stories from the past, laughing about shit that's going on now, particularly things about our men, and also telling jokes and having, like, we had really bad service at the restaurant, but for some reason it's just hilarious because we're all together and... We tell stories and we make new memories. And all it was was all of us driving like an hour, an hour and a half to meet each other in a town. We went to a winery for like an hour, drank a bottle of wine, went to a restaurant, ate some food, and then parted ways. But in that time, it's so, it's like rehabilitation for your brain. And one of them even said, this is like therapy. I really need this more often. (laughs) So, you know... Men or women, I think you can't. I'm not a people person. I'm not a gathering person. I'm not the one who goes, I can't wait to go to the football game for the alumni association because hundreds of people are going to be there. I hate that shit. But you put three of my best friends at a table with me in a place where we're not that familiar with really necessarily. No one else around that we really know. And we could just, we fill the time with laughter and, you know, comments about each other, the way we look, the way we don't look and... It's just awesome. Awesome. So. I don't know if that's advice, but commentary. If you've got no friends, you can't do that. <laughs> so If you've got no friends because you think it sucks, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't suck to have actual good friends. Not the kind of friends who leech off of you and suck the life out of you. I mean, just friends who don't judge you and they just love you and that's it. That's the best kind. Well, perhaps you're lucky because a lot of I people don't very, have that. I am very lucky and so are they. I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sid.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Microsoft Store, I believe it's called now. The RSS feed, just go to sayscully.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there. You can go to iTunes. You can get it from there if you're one of those Apple-type people. You can also go to stitcher.com. We're on there now. And you can email feedback to me at sayscully.com. Don't email SidTalk, because she is not your friend. And... (laughs) Finally. If you didn't start being my friend 45 years ago, it's too late now. Stay- no, that is not true. I've made some really good friends in the last few years. Really good. And the same We're thing off applies. the friend topic now. We're off. Having We're a off dinner, that. a lunch, a simple gathering, same thing applies to new friends if they're the same quality. You're off the friend topic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stay classy, Mr. Gary Witter. Um, can't wait to see what he writes next. He's How writing. is that? Witter with an R? W-H-I-T-T-A. Witta, because you're British, and so you put R on the end of it. And Mr. Gary Witter is actually writing a book next, not a movie. Gary Witter. So, 
Nice. Stay classy. And I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you're not doing it, someone's doing it for you. It's the-